Welcome to Electric Evolution with Liz Allen. This podcast is about the journey to a more sustainable future in order for us to be able to do our bit to achieve net zero. I'll be discussing a variety of topics with experts in their field in order to educate and increase our knowledge of clean energy, electric vehicles and the electric vehicle infrastructure. So whether you're an individual wanting to make a difference at home, a small business or a corporate, this podcast is just for you. So today I'm talking to Carl Anders from Mayor and just like to say thank you very much for joining me, Carl, and welcome to Electric Evolution. And Carl has actually been uh, managing director at Mayor for just a short while now, haven't you? But you've got a long, a long kind of background of of working in kind of ele- sort of the journey to electrification, which is kind of what I'm on at the moment. So again, welcome. And just could you give me a little bit of your background to start off with, please? How did you get to where you are now? Sure. Thanks, Liz. And thanks for the invite. It's great to, to talk to you again. Um, from myself, I'm a car person by trade. Um, so when I left university, I went into marketing for Hyundai. So I, my background is from there. That was um, overseas. And and then I was also in dealer operations. Um, mm-hmm. And then I did some some uh, some stints through the, the dealer networks. I'm just trying to remember them in sequence here. <laughs> And then uh, 10 years with uh, General Motors. So I was in future strategy at GM, so for Vauxhall, Saab, and Chevrolet. Then I spent some time within Fleet. And so it's within Fleet we first started to get vehicles like the Astra Eco 4, Mm -hmm. some of the first cars that were really focused on low emissions. It was a diesel. Uh, It was very aerodynamic with different gearing. And then we started adding things like uh, Chevrolet and Cadillac. So some vehicles I didn't really want to be associated with. So I then went and joined Energy Saving Trust. So at Energy Saving Trust, we were advising people on low emission transport and we were doing green fleet reviews for government departments and also for major corporates. So looking at their entire fleet policy and what they were spending, how they were managing it, the vehicles they operated, the data they were using. And and that pretty quickly, that was I went to EST in about 2007. And we started on electric vehicles around 2010, 2011, mm. although they're very different to the vehicles that are available today. I can imagine. So seven years of, of doing that. And I went and joined at 2014. I was the national EV manager at Nissan GB. Okay. So that really was focusing on LEAF and ENV. And, yeah. and we were at about 85% of the electric vehicle van market in the UK and about mm-hmm. 65% of the electric car market. Wow. So I, I have a bit of a history in electric vehicles. So Nissan for four years, and then, and that's when I moved into infrastructure. Mm. Firstly, working for RWE, which is um, one of the big energy companies. And I started the energy division under energy renewables here in the UK. In, okay. that was from um, That was from then. And then I built that company up and then we sold it in uh, December last year, 2021. So mm-hmm. we'd moved from RWE, which is a and the owners of NPower, to being a subsidiary of Eon. <clears throat> oh, right. Okay. So I worked with an Eon and then we sold the company to a German competitor, uh, Complio, back in December 21. I was consulting with them through this year until I've now uh, ended up uh, running the mayor companies here in the UK. But my... EV history goes back further. My father had a had a small, well, you could call it an electric car, more of an electric quadricycle, really, back in the 1990s. Oh, right. 
So the 1990s was the first time I drove an EV. And the oldest EV I've ever driven was a 1904 Waverley. So I have actually 115-year-old EV. We were just, I was talking about this, this with, we've got, I've got a little team and we were talking about this um, yesterday and, and kind of like, you know, how long electric vehicles have actually been around. And we were talking about the um, electric milk floats. And I, I must admit, I remember moving down south in 95 and I thought, because up north, because it's so hilly where I'm from in Halifax, it's so hilly. We did not have electric milk floats. They would not have made the hills. So coming down here, I could hear this, uh, this funny little noise. And I was like, what the heck? And saw these little milk floats. And I just thought, oh, my God, all I could think of was Ernie and the fastest milk float in the re- in the West, you know. So that's kind of what came, what sprang to mind. But they've been around for a long time, haven't they, really? That's classic. That's classic Benny Hill. But exactly. <laughs> if you look back and find the very first car that ever hit 100 kilometres or 60 mile per hour, yeah. um, it was called Le Jamais Content. So it was 1897, I think. So they were setting speed limits in electric vehicles back in the, eight, the late 1800s. And Whoa. I think the, uh, the, one of the very first hybrids that was developed was by the original Mr. Porsche. Um, and that was called the Lerner Porsche. And I think that was 1898. I so Porsche had a Yeah. You are you are a font of knowledge, aren't you? Goodness me, I love that. I've been in EV too long. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, moving moving on to what Mayor do, can you just kind of give give everybody a little bit of background to what what Mayor do? Well, Mayor in the electric vehicle charging infrastructure um, industry, mm. um, the company is not that long. So so basically, it's six different companies across Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, two in two in Norway, sorry, one in Norway, one in Sweden, two in Germany, two in the UK. So I'm managing director of the two UK entities. Um, the first one, which is uh, Mayor Fleet Solutions, is based up in Concept, County Durham. Yeah. And, and they do fleet solutions. So basically depot charging and um, home charging for fleets, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So they're based up there. And the second one, uh, Mayor UK Public Charging, is based in London. Bishopsgate and that's a public network so we have a couple hundred charges right across the UK where the public can go and charge their cars um, en route or destination Um, and uh, so they're the two different organizations both in charging but both very different one a public charging network one a provider of of charging solutions okay and and Mayor's owned by Stackcraft isn't it that's correct they're quite they're quite different again aren't they they are. Um, Statcraft are owned by the Norwegian government and they are Europe's biggest renewable energy uh, generator. So I was really interested here when I read that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, they're based in Oslo in Norway. But mm-hmm. at the moment, that so what they do is mainly hydro was what they were starting. Statcraft's been going over 100 years. Um, but they're mainly hydro and then also onshore wind, offshore wind, and also solar generation. So a lot of the wind farms that are going up in the west of Ireland, et cetera, are Statcraft. So it's all 100% renewable energy. And then we have uh, distribution companies like um, Bright Energy, which is 100% renewable. Mm -hmm. And then we get all our energy from them. So it's it's holistic. So you generate uh, renewable, Mm. you only distribute energy which is renewable and then we have the the mayor group which is the infrastructure companies the six of them 
that then basically put them into the cars at the end of it. So it's a it's a very strong sustainability message. Definitely. And you 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 manufacture, supply, and install, don't you? You do the whole the whole thing. Is that right? In, in terms of uh, infrastructure, we don't actually manufacture. We okay. Use <clears throat> but we, we do have a back end that we use as well across those. Um, okay. The company I used to run here, Energy UK, we were a manufacturer, whereas right. Mayor is, is more the solution side, not actually building the stuff. I get you. I get you. Oh, crikey. So so my question then now is, uh, so you drive you drive an EV, don't you? Of course I do. <laughs> How long? How long have you been driving an EV and what have, what have you, what are you currently driving? Uh, so the first the first one I drove was in the 90s <clears throat> and then being at Nissan I had a a, a series of Nissan Leafs strangely enough of <laughs> so, um, but like most people I had a Leaf as a second car but also a Qashqai as well and when I very first started driving them the Qashqai was my first car and the Leaf was was our second car but mm. quite quickly I realized that you know with an 80 90 mile range I could do a lot of my driving in the Leaf so I was in the Leaf for ages and towards the end of my time at Nissan, I started working on a new car, which is called the Aria. And the Aria is a SUV coupe sort of midsize. Mm-hmm. And we were starting work on that vehicle. And then I left in 2018. And then in the energy years, getting hold of an EV was impossible. So I, I've had a succession of Mercedes plug-in hybrids. Although my last one, which went back after two years, the A250 was delivered with a quarter of a tank of petrol. Um, that lasted me six months. Um, I filled it up once and it went back with a quarter of that tank. So 10,000 miles um, in two years because I had the charging at the office and charging at home. Mm-hmm. And other than that was train station. So I literally did 10,000 miles on a tank of petrol. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but that- I think that I think the the app was telling me I was on 600 miles a gallon or something silly, but <laughs> that went back. And then as soon as I've joined um, here at Mayor, I've gone strangely. I've I've got one of the very first Nissan Harriers in the country. Have you? <laughs> so it's uh, if you can imagine the Starship that Darth Vader drives. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like being in a Tron game to drive. So it'll do well over 300 miles per charge. It's does incredible. it goodness me incredible interior really well built it's very much a, a premium vehicle without a premium badge so i absolutely love my area so the work we did back in 2018 finally paid off yeah that sounds amazing so so how do you find the actual obviously you know like you're saying you've got was it 200 charges across you know across yeah. the across the country so far so how do you find the charging network when you can't get to a mare you know charger it's relatively easy because they're programming the cars <clears throat> so in terms of charging a car it's very all you can go into zap map so zap map has all the networks and you yeah. do have the cards now that, that allow roaming right across <clears throat> excuse me they allow roaming right across the uh the networks so you have things like i've got a power card and i've also got my octopus electric universe card um and that will cover most of the charging across the uk mm. um i recently did 1500 miles from john O'Groats to land's end as part of the gbev rally so it's 1500 miles <clears throat> so 24 cars and 24 vans from the top of scotland to the bottom the long way around the country yeah, yeah, yeah. and we found it a lot easier than we thought 
you know, once you have to do it, you realise how easy it is. Because this is the thing I said to you, didn't I? I'm from Halifax originally. So so my concern has been, you know, obviously, how do I, what vehicle do I get? I was just talking to another chap about this as well, but how, you know, how would I be able to get from Reading up to Halifax, which is about 220 miles? Could I, you know, can I get there on one charge? It's things like yeah. that. So I suppose the the cars that have got bigger batteries and more capacity, it'll make a difference. But there's some that haven't got that capacity, haven't they? There is. But then you'd have to think about it, particularly if they've got reasonably quick charging. So literally, and one thing we found doing those mileages was you don't sit and wait for an hour to charge. <clears throat> you literally do shorter hops. So how far did you say Halifax was? About 220, 220 miles. 220. So if you've got an EV that, even an early one that does say 150, you don't, what you would do is you'd probably go about 130, 140 miles, stick the car on the charger for about, you know, for about 20, 30 minutes while you're having a tea, having a, a comfort break mm, or something, mm. something like that. <clears throat> you don't have to think about charging from from uh, empty to full. You just do enough yes. to get there. So yeah. that's what we found. We, we rarely charge more than 20, 25 minutes. And my co-driver was in his 60s <clears throat> and he can't go more than two hours driving without stopping for a wee. So. <laughs> We would start with oh, and, and literally Steve would start with you realize we've got two and a half wee stops range. <laughs> so I love that. 220 miles, you you're gonna do that that's gonna take quite a few hours. That you're a three or four hour drive. Yeah. You should you shouldn't be doing that as a three or four hour drive without a stop anyway. Yeah, yeah. If you can stop halfway and stick it on a charger for 20 minutes. Why you you can go you can go well well beyond you can, I can almost make Scotland here in my car. That is that is really and you're not that far away from you're kind of you know you probably what about four, 45 minutes away from where I live in Reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here Maybe in West Oxford. Yeah. yeah, so so it's 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 good to know that because I think I think a lot of people and it's the same with us that we just need to think a bit differently about how we're managing our journeys I mean like you said you know I when I was a lot younger I could drive I used to set off to go to Halifax at seven o'clock at night I'd be there by 10 30 11 I'm not telling the speeds I used to get up to but anyway that's beside the point we won't say anything there (laughs) but but you know it's and, and and I kind of could sit in the car for three four hours but actually these days I'm in my 50s it's something that actually, you know, I'm not saying I need to have weed stops all the time, but you just do need you do need to get out and stretch your legs because it's not good for you anyway, is it? So actually, if you kind of think of it like that, and it's a bit like the way we charge our phones. I don't know about you, but we were both talking before we started the recording, weren't we, about phones? And I've got yeah. I, I, the iPhone that I've got. The battery's naff. I'm not saying that you know I don't know what happens with the battery on a on an electric vehicle, but actually, you know, you you have to charge a different way. You have to manage the way you charge it, your phone. So I'm assuming the car's no different. Absolutely right. And and it's it's a bit strange, but you change it in the very first few weeks, you get things like range anxiety and that. But once you learn how to do it, mm. you wonder how the hell, because I do think the kids coming through now in 10 or 20 years time when they're driving and, and we're all electric vehicles, 
I think if you then go to them and say, well, back in the day, in the old days, when we had petrols and diesels, um, we used to have to go to petrol stations. Your car didn't charge when you're asleep at night at home. You know, when you stopped and stuck it on a charger, we actually had to go somewhere and physically put, you know, yeah, 60 litres of high explosive into our cars. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I, I really think we're going to get to the stage and you, and you, you change and adapt. Yeah. On your point of batteries, an EV battery is very different from a phone battery. Mm, okay. They're highly engineered, they're over-engineered. Um, in my, I think the first ten years at Nissan, I remember the statistics: three hundred and fifty thousand batteries. They replaced about five or six of them. Um, EV batteries, okay. that most of them have an eight-year warranty anyway. Um, but the problem we had with second-life batteries of trying to sell the batteries into other uses, recycle them is they don't go wrong. Taxi drivers who do 150, 200,000 miles in an EV deflete them when the seats fall apart. The batteries are still there. And they're back to the value. I remember my dad My dad used to always say, oh, I never keep a car past 100,000 miles. Oh, you never do. So it kind of has been in my head, you know, like when it starts heading up to sort of like 80,000, 90,000 miles, I'm like, we should really look for another car. I've seen 200,000 mile taxis out there who are electric vehicles that are always in motion. So a 150,000 mile diesel engine is junk. It's not worth a lot. A battery that's at 90%, 95% at that time, electric EV battery is still worth thousands of pounds. So the vehicle still has an expensive asset on board. Yeah. So diesel gearbox is worthless. I mean, and just going back to what you were saying about young young people driving driving vehicles in you know in the years to come. My my son is seventeen. He's literally just started driving. He's started driving lessons, so he's on his about fifth or his sixth driving lesson. And and it took me a while to persuade him because I said, I th- I said it's a life lesson, and he might as well actually learn before he goes to university when he can't actually afford it. You know, while yeah. we're kind of looking after him. <laughs> But what he didn't get until I explained it was the fact that, yes, everything's going to, you know, we're going to be driving electric vehicles, but actually learning to drive, you need to learn to drive in a manual car. Because if you do, if you learn to drive in an electric car, you can keep or you know or a, an automatic, you can keep driving that automatic, can't you? But you can't drive a manual. So if he ever gets into a situation in future where he has to drive a manual. At least he's got it because you can. I think because you can drive both. If you've been on a manual, you can drive automatic or electric, obviously, which is automatic. But you can't do the other way around, can you? So I had to explain that to him. You're absolutely right. But the number of manuals, even with petrols and diesels, everyone's more going towards automatics yeah. and a lot less manuals around. But also, an auto may sorry, an EV may drive like an auto, but it's not. It's not an auto. It just doesn't have a gearbox. Doesn't need one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping to get um, a drive day uh, in the next few weeks, months. So, because I've actually there's there is there are a couple of EVs that I've re- I've got my kind of heart set on, but I need to drive them because for, at the moment I've got no frame of reference. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But that's to drive them, and people, I think that's when you change your perception of an EV because they're built differently. So, in terms of weight, you haven't got a big, hen- heavy engine up the front, mm-hmm. weight's filled back, and all the weight of the battery is heavy, but it's very low. So, it does actually um, handle a little bit differently. It's a lot better. And yes. also with an EV from hit the hit the accelerator 
and it goes. That's why you don't need gearbox. That's what I've heard. I've also heard that um, people who are driving EV trucks, EV lorries and vans, or trucks, the bigger you know, the bigger they are, have to have driving lessons again in a way because or not or a little bit of under more understanding about you know kind of the power that the EV electric truck actually has. It is massive, and and you're absolutely right. And it is something to think about because <clears throat> these kids are coming through, and traditionally they'd have like a one-liter diesel, a uh, petrol Fiesta or Corsa as their first car. An EV is just so much faster than a petrol or diesel. It's almost mm-hmm. like coming out of. So we'll get to the point where they'll come out of doing their license straight to an EV, and it's like dropping them into a V8 BMW because <laughs> <it's, clears throat> we we do need to think about that because because yeah. an EV is so much more fast and powerful than a petrol or diesel um, that you need to think about these guys are now coming to quick cars. Yeah, yeah. It's it's EV. like my. Yeah, my son, my son at the moment is saying, "Oh, you know, I'm, I can't. It, he he was dry. He had a driving lesson last week, and he didn't quite get his seat right. And you know what it's like when you haven't got your seat right when you're in the car. And it's not as if he's an experienced driver who can, you know, like I can be driving somewhere and I'll wait. I'll get a traffic lights and I'll be like just adjusting my seat. Whereas he can't. So he had the whole lesson." in the wrong seat, slightly wrong seat position. And then this week he said, oh, trying to get clutch control was a bit difficult. But once it, once we go, elect, you know, electric, there's not, not going to be any of that, is there? It's just going to be foot down and you're going to, you know, I can imagine it's it's kind of a very, very different experience. It is. And in terms of the uh, in the difference in, in speed, particularly and things like that, I, I did once see a video and there, were, there was, I think there was two Porsche 911 GT3s racing. <clears throat> one of them was on its own, but the one that beat it was actually on a trailer being towed by a basic Tesla. So the Tesla towing the Porsche on a trailer was faster than the Porsche. And it was, I think it was a GT3. <clears throat> we're talking about extreme Porsche acceleration here. Wow. It's, oh, my it, goodness. I think BBC Click did one where they had a an Aston Martin GT uh, race car yeah. with a professional driver, <clears throat> and next to it, I think it was also a Tesla, and they put in um, a weather girl from the BBC, sort of <clears throat> never drew it, and, and she absolutely slaughtered the the professional racing driver. Oh, in his, oh, in his oh, Aston. <clears throat> oh uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I do, That's I do, I have, I have to say, I do love my cars. You know, but like I say, at the moment we've got a VW Golf, which I do love, hmm. but it's still polluting. You know, sure. so so actually, that's what that's what my aim is. So so it's so this podcast is basically about a l- learning and understanding of EVs, the infrastructure, and also like I say, because we we also as a family want to introduce clean energy sources, be be more sustainable in 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 the house. You know, we haven't got the the money like Robert, Robert Llewellyn, bless him. But you know, if we can actually learn more and and sort of do this, then then that's that's what I want to get from this podcast and get and get the and get the word out there that there are things that we can you know we can do, and some things do cost money, but you know there are other things that we can do that cost less, they just do, to become but... sustainable and be, get to net zero and that kind of thing. Yeah, in terms of cars, an EV costs more than a petrol or diesel, but most people don't go out and basically put the money down. <clears throat> they will tend to buy a car on a monthly payment. Yeah. And, and, and that, that gap is much, much, much closer 
between an EV and a petrol or diesel vehicle, but also as we go through, and and it's obviously going to be illegal to buy a petrol and diesel in seven years' time, residual uh, values <clears throat> will change even more. So mm -hmm. therefore, you'll get parity, even though the sticker price might be higher. But you're not paying for petrol. So, um, so I've, I've I've put mine. I've got solar panels in the house. So all my Mercs were, I'd, I'd actually use the three pin plug and, and, and when the solar panels are up, so basically it was free petrol for two years. Brilliant. Um, whereas now with the, with the big battery EV, I do it at night. So it costs me very, very little. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you got to do. So Carl, can you tell me what types of organization you are looking to work with at Mayor? Well, several different ones so within mayor fleet we're looking at fleets who are looking at going on the electrification journey where we can put charging and operate them for people and for the for the public side the public charging it's obviously people to go and use mayor charges but also more people like um uh, retail organizations that are looking at putting in public charges on their sites um facilities management companies people like that so you know for anybody who is looking at taking that journey companies or drivers um our contact our email address is hello.uk at mayor mer that is dot eco eco so if anybody wants to get in touch with us just drop us a line to that so hello.uk at mayor.eco and we'll be happy to help and the and the web address is kind of without the hello at isn't it and it's the kind of yeah, yeah. it's www it's actually at uk.mayor.eco and mayor is m-e-r that's correct just yeah. for people it's, <laughs> it's the norwegian word for, for more mayor perfect perfect well listen thank you ever so much for your time i really really appreciate it and i will definitely get you back on here so so thank you again and i will speak to you soon and goodbye to everyone else bye bye thanks for listening to electric evolution with liz allen if you want to find out more about full circle continuous improvement please visit us at www.fullcircleci.co.uk don't forget to keep listening for more episodes coming up really soon.